Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it off and rolling on a Wednesday, November 1st? It's November already. (laughs) Final month of college football season, of the regular season at the very least. But it's 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am Gabe Coon. Former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Coon 71. I'm alongside, not Connor Dunning, but the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show today will be filling in Brad Carson at Brad Carson on X. Brad, how are we doing? I'm doing very good, man. It was a fun Halloween it last was night, a fun wasn't it? Halloween. How was your party? The party was fine. It was fine. I ended up, uh, I left early, quite frankly. What? Uh, the, the, the issue I ran into... Why well, did you leave out? You're a young, so, vibrant human. So, um, my wife's a nurse. I think most people know that. Yeah. Baptistes. We need a great uh, nurse. A great nurse. Running we, around. Yeah. And there's a, and weirdly enough, I, people should know this, mm-hmm. but like, there's a lot of nurses that marry and get into relationships with nurses. A lot of nurses that get into relationships with firefighters, right? Firemen. Yeah, that's a comp because they're and in the uh, service industry. What right? happened was, um, it was a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and... They did not have work the next day, so oh boy. they were hitting it hard, and <laughs> I was not of the same. Uh, I, I was not built like that. I was not going to hit it hard last night, so I ended up leaving around nine. Oh, it was it was a short night for me. Brutal, but I, man. It was fine. It was, really it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Why are you in such a party pooper? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you want me to come in here with my? No, eyes I want you to all... be on your game. Thank yes. you so much. Now yes. your wife can party on our behalf. Yes, but they uh, they hit it hard, <laughs> okay. and I figured you know what they're on a different uh, they're in a different mental state than me. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't feel as if I needed to uh, get on that get in get get get. You know, burn the Some, midnight the other oil thing on a about, Tuesday. About firefighters and nurses, because we have a lot of those people, and shout out to y'all for listening. Um, they tend to party the hardest. Um, those people can party, you know bro. What they see on a daily basis. Oh yeah, I could see where you'd want to. Uh, you'd want to. Uh, I have several nursing friends and firefighter friends. Maybe forget, ease, oh, yeah. ease your mind a little bit. <laughs> they let could get go. after it. Bro. I mean, they see some things on a daily <laughs> basis that I would never want to see. So, Amen. I, quite frankly. 
I understand it. I do too. Brad, I, do too. I will say that. I, I have will... friends that work at the Med, man. They work hard, so they can party their asses off. Um, uh, are you talking trauma center? Yes. You... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Only level one trauma center in what, like a 300-mile radius? Yes. Yeah, I you can see, see where they did from ag to gunshots, brother. Yeah, well, mostly gunshots. That's usually what they see, yeah. quite frankly. I was trying uh, to because, dress it up a little bit. Uh, my wife did work at the Med in the Trauma Center for oh, a little bit. Oh, yes. So, yes. I, I have a nurse, uh, an anesthetist friend. What is that, always uh, funny, though, there. is like people that are in a relationship with a nurse can definitely relate mm-hmm. um, or just have friends that are nurses. They tell you stories, oh, God. and you're going to hear them. You're, wow. like, you, you're not going to stop them from telling you. The stories they want to tell you about <laughs> no. work that day. No, and they, um, and you know what? They have a right to. Like we talk no, about I get sports it. I or whatever. Understand. Like you, you need to open and be listening to that. But our sports problems are not their real life problems it's that they dealt with minor. A bullet. What you and they I dealt do, with I try, multiple you know, bullet wounds that day. Like, I've been I get working it. here for 15 years, and I try to tell that to people who are yelling in the hallways at each other that it's not heart it's surgery. It's not that serious. <laughs> I'm like, it's just y'all not. should calm the hell down. Yes. Now, <laughs> uh, three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. Um, we're going to have some Grizzlies versus Jazz. They start their West Coast road trip. Uh, they're going to have this game against the Jazz and then two games against the Trailblazers in the uh, the Trailblazers' place. Is it the Moda Center still? I think I it might be. it's still the that Moda Center. That sounds right. Yeah, um, we'll go with it. So they're going to need a win. They're 0-4. Um, they're in the same boat as the Houston Rockets right now. Get a win. Um, they need it badly. Mm. There's no question about it. Also, college football playoff rankings came out. Definitely going to discuss that. We have overreaction and not an overreaction off the top today. Um, as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins, 5 o'clock. Jeff Calkins showing the Daily Memphian. Then 6 o'clock per normal. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas talks some college football and some SEC. And with college football, I, I, we have to do another update on Michigan and, and what's going on with Connor Stallions. Um, because we did have Maction last night, which I'm very happy. Uh, Maction is back. It was fun last it's night. It's so bad. Snowy Maction. Well, yes, yeah, Snowy Maction. I think it was, that was Toledo Buffalo. They did clear the field off. Which Northern I was, Illinois I was, was a little dusty. Yeah, a little dusty, but the Toledo Buffalo game. Yeah, it was heavier. In yeah. Northern uh, Ohio, they won 31 to 13. Uh, but then the Central Michigan-Northern Illinois game was the early game. Uh, Central Michigan ended up winning. We did have, because we know Central Michigan is coming under fire because of <laughs> potentially having Connor Stallions and sunglasses <laughs> and everything on the sideline for the Michigan State game. Uh, Jim McElwain, the head coach, you know him from Florida, you know him from Colorado State, yep. you know, multiple different stops as a coach. But he's there now, and he opened up his presser by talking about the Connor Stallion situation. That will be part of the blitz when we get there. Um, it is, t- <laughs> I, the way I explain it, it's hilarious to me still. Oh, it's what's totally going on. funny. It's, it's so funny yeah, to see great. a low level staff for $55,000 a year, just playing master of disguise. Um, <laughs> but it's also pretty sinister when oh. you start to really break down what, what potentially could come of this story ultimately, because it just does not seem good for Michigan at this current juncture. Um, and also, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, uh, head coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels, and the GM of the Las Vegas Raiders, J- Dave Ziegler, yep. they're out. Yeah, that's good news. Uh, and I know you uh, you were uh, producing the show earlier for yes. Jason and John. Yes. John. John feeling better today? You know, John felt like he was enjoying the moment there a little bit. I think we're all sort of shocked. We didn't see it coming midseason like this. You well, know? But- And they're also cash-strapped. That's the big story about the Raiders. That was really one of the reasons they moved to Las Vegas for us, because they have little money. Good thing, though, that they – I mean, you see a problem in your organization, fix it. 
Yeah, you need to do that. I mean, Makes that's sense. what it was. This dude was pretty incompetent at this point. He's been incompetent. I hated the I hated the hire from the beginning. You could talk about, yeah. you know, he should have never got hired in the no, first you're right. place. It's the no, last two hires were John Gruden and him, and they're still on the hook for all that money Ugh. because all of uh, NFL coaches get guaranteed salaries. You, we can talk about the hindsight and say, oh, they should, never should have hired him. Yeah. I never thought they should have hired Josh McDaniels. No, but I agree to, with to, you. To, to look at it and see Devontae Adams is pissed off. Jimmy Garoppolo is handpicked quarterback. Stinks. Get well, rid of Jimmy's going to go to the, the bench problem. now this weekend. Yes, Aiden O'Connell, AOC. So we'll talk about that. And speaking of which, trip around the NFL. Okay, all fun. Per normal. Um, now, last night, because I'm a psychopath, I stayed up to watch the Spurs versus the Suns game. Um, that was insanity if you saw the end of that game. I, you probably saw I, some I highlights. I heard that Victor and the boys pulled it out. So they made a comeback there. There was a Wimby putback off of a missed three-pointer by, I believe, Devin Vassell, who takes just the wildest shots in the world. Yeah. That guy will pull it from anywhere. <laughs> uh, again, shot takers and shot makers. He's a shot taker. Shooter going to shoot, bro. Um, but Wimby had a putback on that to make it 114-113 Suns. And then right after that, Keldon Johnson, they threw it into KD, and the Suns don't really have a ball handler right this second right. because they don't have a true point guard and Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, Booker. out of the lineup. Yeah. So they threw it into KD. Keldon Johnson rips the ball away, puts it up with 1.2 seconds to go. And, it, and mind you, they're on the road in Phoenix. Yeah. He makes it. So he gets the pull away, and he makes it. 115-114 with 1.2 seconds to go. Uh, there were some questions about if KD should have gotten to the foul, yeah, got fouled on that. I don't think he fouled him on that particular play, okay. but the final play he got mauled. <laughs> and they didn't call it. Yes. He took a shot in the, in the far corner to try to uh, mm-hmm. win that game. He got absolutely mauled. The Suns led for 47 minutes and 58 seconds <laughs> of that game and ended up losing. Jeez. Keldon Johnson, 27-3-4. Game-winning steal and bucket. Yeah. And Wim- Victor Wimbenyama, like, I don't think he's a finished product. But it, like, he, he's going to have to learn how to manage his minutes, not foul, do both, work both ends of the floor in a smart way. I think Greg Popovich, as the season goes along, is going to have to draw things up for him. But still 18 points, eight rebounds, four blocks. And I know we bring up examples of like certain players making tough shots and tough putbacks and do- some of the plays he makes. It's just created player stuff. It's 2K stuff. There was a dunk over Drew Eubanks where he took off from about at least five, six feet yep. away from the from the uh, basket, from the hoop, and switched from right hand to left hand. And dunked it over a seven footer. I saw that Drew play. Eubanks. Yeah, it's and then crazy. It, and then in the fourth quarter, it was like early. There's like nine minutes left. He had an offensive rebound that he pulled in with one hand, and he powered it up backwards. Like he he went back up, powered it up backwards. Did not look at the hoop once. Yeah. Knocks it in, and he uh, got an and one on that play. Like uh, it, he's a cheap. While player. he's not quite there as a player. You see plays that he makes, and I'm not overstating it when I say no one else can make some of the plays that he makes. It no, he's is a freak. unreasonable. Yeah, I, we, I don't think we. I think it's fair to say we haven't seen anything like him. And then also, we. I mean, it's is that seven fair? foot four, and he gets off the dribble, and he Freaky. can do all these different things. And then I thought after the game uh, with the inside the NBA uh, crew mm-hmm. on TNT, I thought, I mean, he is for a freaking 19 year old. He can 
He, he knows he's he's yeah. got a good head on his shoulders. So I that's good for the league. I feel like uh, we have a superstar in our town that uh, can't stay off Instagram with I, guns. I feel like I feel like he's headed for a unbelievable career. But that's obviously, right. there's injuries, there's things that happen. But we'll see what happens with Victor Wembanyama. But last night's game, if you saw that, I think you're in the same boat as me. That was a, that was a hell of a finish. That was a good NBA game. It was a good NBA wild. Basketball. Now Spurs, uh, are the Spurs like going to be in the mix? No, but I mean they're going to be feisty. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They did. They seem to be a bunch of a collection of young talent that doesn't pass the ball relatively well to each other. <laughs> they don't really share the ball. They're yeah. just out there getting their own. Um, I think Greg Popovich. It, but like when it comes to Wimby, I think Greg Popovich is the guy for the job. Mm. He's done that with a lot of foreign guys in his uh, in his past, mm, to say course. the least. Um, and he's done it with bigs. He's done it with bigs. Yeah. David Robinson. He has a history. And for, they send him to him. Yes. No. It makes a whole lot of sense. Now, we also do have Grizzlies who are 0-4 on the road at the Jazz. And that's going to lead me into overreaction and not overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to wild and crazy guys. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. It's always fun when I get to guest produce the Gabe Kuhn show to do overreaction, not an overreaction, uh, patent pending. Grizzlies on the road against the Jazz. The injury report has a slight change. Luke Kennard returns for the Grizz. And Derek Rhodes heads to the injury report, unfortunately. It's the only game of the season, only the fifth game of the season. They're they're 0-4, by the way, if you haven't heard. Yeah. But the, uh, the Grizzlies, of course, need this win. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Not an overreaction in the slightest. Like, they need this win in a big way. I, last time out, I talked about how discouraged I was. A 15-point loss to Luka and the Mavs. No Kyrie. And, like, defensively, they looked horrible. Uh, bad perimeter defense. Jake LaRavia, a, a complete negative for this team. And you had three guys in Jaron, Bain, and Marcus Smart combined for 83 points, 57% from the field. You're coming off that discouraging loss. You need to get on the, on the up and up. And I think bigger than anything, you're starting a West Coast road trip here. This is a road trip. I think you need to build confidence game one and go win a game. Before you travel to Portland and deal with a, a not-so-good Portland team with young players that hasn't come, that's not fully formed, build some confidence against this Jazz team, go win a game, and then maybe you could salvage a decent record on this road trip and feel good about where you stand after it because then you're going to have the Heat, Jazz at home, then at Clippers, at Lakers, um, at Spurs there in a row. Like, this is a stretch of schedule where they're going to have to find some wins. 0-4 at this point in the in the season just really, it, it really peeves me. And I, I'm not going to say it's overly surprising based on who's been out, but it is, it is a bad spot to be in. I think that tonight is a good opportunity, though. And the reason I say that is Luke Kennard's coming back. Right, so I think the three-point shooting. What the what the Grizzlies have had to do to this point is put up a lot of threes per game because offensively you don't have a guy like John Morant. You're going to have to uh, make the three ball the great equalizer. Luke Kennard coming back from being injured. I think you can add an offensive punch. I think this is a good chance to build some confidence going through the rest of this this road trip here. Um, but tonight, I think, has to be the night. I don't want to see them drop to 0-5. Mm. And, 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 like, if you drop to 0-5 with losses against the Jazz, with a loss against the Kyrie-less uh, Mavs, a loss against the, the Washington Wizards, like, that is just not mm-hmm. – that is incredibly, incredibly discouraging, and, and it, it'll leave that roster in, in what I would term, I'd be scared that it'd go into a free fall. I, free fall. I, I, I hope that – 
what they're talking about, the brave face that they put on after that Mavs loss. I hope they're really standing by that. Again, Desmond Bain says, uh, we're only 0-4. It's an 82-game season. Don't rule out 78-4. and Marcus Smart says, I think we have enough talent to rebound and make things happen. I hope that they stick by that, win tonight's game, because they need it in a huge way. I really like Bain and what he's saying. I hope that they can figure this out. I think the problem is, if, I agree with you that this is a good matchup for them, and, and this is a game they should win. Um, they're not favored to win the game. No, they're on It the is road. on the road. Um, the, the couple of players that really concern me in this matchup, this Horton Tucker is really good, and so is Marketing. And Marketing, I think he's like seven feet tall, right? Like, yeah. So I don't know who guards that guy. Well, I mean, you have a guy in Jaron Jackson Jr. who can get out on the perimeter, who can block shots at the rim. You foul, think that foul would be problem. Your He's your defensive player of the year. That's the guy that you would think would have to take on that assignment. I think so. I mean, now, he that, plays that on the does, perimeter that, the whole game. That does worry you because of all of the, the foul troubles he's, he's gone through in the first few games of the year. But this is, this is a matchup that if you are the true defensive player of the year, if you want to win another one, you have to take advantage of that. Now, um, Walker Kessler is going to be a problem. Let's not yeah. let's not fake it. He's a guy who will attack the offensive boards. He's a guy who will block shots. He is a true five, and Xavier Tillman has to deal with a true five tonight. Mm-hmm. Walker Kessler, who in his young career has been phenomenal, man. Yeah. And like his last time out, I know it was a loss against the Nuggets. He had 22 and 13. Um, he had three offensive rebounds. Like he was 10 for 11 from the field. This is going to be a big matchup you have to watch tonight. Outside of that, I'm not overly worried about anything that they have. Like Taylor Horton John Tucker. John Collins is a good player. Taylor Horton Tucker in a matchup with Desmond Bain. I'm taking Desmond Bain every single time. John Collins is not the same player since he broke his finger um, with the with the uh, Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. and never really yeah. recovered. His three point ball is not the same. Uh, Jordan Clarkson as the point guard that matchup with Marcus yeah. Smart. I'm just uh, he's going to take shots. Let him take his shots and yeah. miss shots. I, I this is a good matchup for the. Grizzlies to take advantage of at least starter to starter. I think the bench is the issue that you're just going to have to keep paying attention to. I think Luke Kennard does help in that regard, mm-hmm. though. You're going to have an offensive punch. You're going to have that three ball off the bench. Um, but when you get to the bench, I mean, Colin Sexton may be an issue. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 this Jazz team is not good enough to – And Santi not, is still out, right? Santi Aldama They're not good out. enough for me to sit here and be like, oh, scheduled loss, first game of a, of a, long, or of a, of yeah. a three-game road trip on the West Coast. I, I, I feel like this Grizzlies team needs to take advantage of the matchup tonight and go make something happen. And I think, you know, as much as I'm worried about the Xavier Tillman-Walker Kessler matchup, Xavier Tillman has really shown a lot to me through the first four games. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be this unbelievably consistent five. He's six foot eight. Um, and he has been letting it fly from the outside, which is sort of a blessing and a curse. Um, but I, I, I think he's shown me that there's going to be a level of consistency to his game with no Steven Adams. I, I think they still need Bismack Piombo yeah. as quick as possible. They'll get him sometime after the fifth game, and he may join on this road trip. Um, but Xavier Tillman, I think, has been a, a, a relative positive early in the season. Um, he's going to have to be for but you. But it is, it is frustrating that he's the type, like, he is not the type of guy that you wanted to thrust into this no. situation. He should not be the type of guy that has to bear the brunt of the starting five for the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies at this point in his career. You saw our power rankings dropped into the low 20s with this, uh, well, and the, the, you know, with the Steven Adams news. No, I mean, it makes sense. Like 27. It makes a lot of sense. I, I guess it does. I mean, what are you going to I guess do? that's where we're at. I mean, I, Steven Adams, that's where we're at without Steven Adams. I mean, through the first four games of the season, they're yeah. 0-4. They're and yeah. like, they've lost to the Wizards, who are just not really in any 
position to be winning ball games at this point. Um, I guess you have Jordan Poole and Tyus, and you feel okay about that backcourt, but that's not like a backcourt that's going to facilitate long-term winning for that franchise. Like I, I mean, 27 is 27. Um, it's very low, but this team, I don't think you could put them much higher than that right now, right? No. Like there's no – No, I think it's accurate. That's like, the scary thing. That's where. That's why a game like you're, this you're one, you have to try to win. Your redeeming quality is you have two defensive players of the year and a guy who can score at will, yeah. seemingly with Desmond Bain. But again, you just don't really have that superstar power right now without John Morant. You you don't have the consistent scoring without John Morant because Jaron and Dez, uh, besides that last game, you know, fifteen point loss to the Mavs, they hadn't shown up at the same at the same time. Right. So. I, I hope tonight is the first win of the season, <laughs> and I think they can build some confidence if it is uh, against those, uh, you know, dealing with mm-hmm. those two games on the road against the Trailblazers. College football playoff rankings released last night. The top six are number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia. Kind of a surprise there. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Florida State. Number five, Washington. Number six, the Oregon Ducks. Also worth noting, number 24, in the uh, in the six, Tulane is at 24, and uh, number 25 is Air Force. Uh, I know you say you don't freak out about the first college football playoff rankings, but the committee missed with the first college football player rankings or pl- playoff rankings of the season. Is that an overreaction or not an overreaction? Uh, overreaction. Um, but I, I like I I do I just save my pissed offness, if you will, for <laughs> the last week of the season. What it's going to look like then. Um, because sometimes the committee makes decisions based on past results of years past, and they, they, they're they going to lean to the SEC and Big Ten. But until that happens, I'm just going to wait on it. The one thing I will say is Michigan being in the top three, I mean, that's purely eye test. Same with Georgia, but I think it's more so with Michigan um, because when you really break down strength of schedule and strength of record, uh, Michigan's strength of schedule is 112. It's the worst of any team Yikes. in the top four. And their strength of record is nine. That is below Georgia, OU, Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama, Washington, Florida State, and Ohio State. Um, a lot of people have had issue with Ohio State being one, but I don't know how you do that. Their defense has been good. They have two really good ranked wins, one being on the road against Notre Dame, yeah. uh, visiting. I mean, just going was on a big the road win. in Indiana, in South yep. Bend, the way they did, that was big. And then beating Penn State at home was solid. I have no issue with them being number one. The way I, I think it should have, have, have you know sort of gone is probably Ohio State, Florida State, Georgia, and then Washington. And the reason I put Washington up over Michigan is because their strength of record to this point is third, and their strength of schedule is uh, you know uh, relatively uh, high compared to Michigan. They're at 75 before the year. Um, Michigan's is 112. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't quite matter because Michigan can play themselves in with a win over Penn State and a win over Ohio State, and Washington can play themselves right back out because they have things ahead of them that are not going to be that easy to deal with. They have USC this week. So I, I, I thought this first week should have gone differently based on you know strength of record and teams that have, have beat top 25 opponents, but it didn't work out that way. Um, number two and number three, clearly eye test, right? Yeah. Clearly eye test. Yep. When you have, when you have uh, uh, Georgia and Michigan mm-hmm. at number two and number three. The, the one that's really tough is Florida State at number four because – has been pointed out several times today, you easily play yourself out with your first loss and, and out of any contention. What, what clearly got Florida State 
is Clemson being bad. Right. 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 The, the, the conference is bad. Uh, Duke is really good. That was a good win. But Clemson— LSU's a damn good win. They, they actually—the conference— LSU's mean, number 14 yeah, in the first college football playoff And that's, that's their best think, win, right? But it was first game of the season, and I feel like we've had time pass, and yes. people sort of let it uh, escape their collective minds. I thought Florida State yeah. should have been higher in this situation. I did, too. But, but Clemson being bad, being 4-4, four and four, and that was an OT win on the road, it just sort point. of hurt them. Yeah. I thought that they'd give them a little more credit for beating Clemson. I do, too. I, I thought so, too. I, I thought Florida State, in other words, if you're going to make Ohio State number one because of strength of schedule, I don't see strength how— Strength of record, strength of schedule. Yeah, yeah, I don't see why you're having Michigan at three ahead of Florida State. Yeah, I, I, thought, only Michigan, problem I, I, th- I thought Michigan should have been left out and— in, 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 Washington should have been there right. instead because of the win over that's fair. Oregon. I think that's fair. Now you, you could make the and argument. they're cheaters, but they didn't. <laughs> they said they didn't weigh that. You part could of make it. the argument that the last two weeks for Washington have been, I'm not going to say disasters, but they've been close to disasters. Yeah. You, you had a 15-7 win over Arizona State, and then you followed that up by looking very, very beatable against Stanford, 42-33. to And Stanford had a drop pass that could have led yep. them down to go take the lead in that game. So I guess that there is that part of it. Um, but I thought Washington, based on the win over Oregon almost on its own, should have gotten in. And <laughs> is, <laughs> I know Arizona is not thought of as some – you know, juggernaut. Right. But they have been damn good so far this year. And they beat them. They, I mean, we're talking about a Washington team that went on the road and beat Arizona. And right. Arizona, the last two weeks, if you've been watching, beat Washington State 44 to 6 at Washington State and then followed up that up with a top 25 win because Oregon State is 16th in the first college football playoff rankings. Mm-hmm. They beat them 27 to 24 last week. So I feel like yeah. that win should probably carry a little bit more weight than it's going to carry on the surface. If you get to the rest of the rankings, which I know you're going to get to, like um, it's going to be interesting when this thing expands. What's going to expand to 12? All right, so this is the, the complaint I heard from some people. Um, you hear, oh, well, Oklahoma, they beat Texas. Texas beat Bama. Why is Oklahoma not ahead of Texas? Because Oklahoma lost to Kansas last week, <laughs> right, guys. right. Like, as much as you want, and they had a two-point win over UCF, and UCF had a two-point conversion where they threw a double pass and they could have tied him. That was back-to-back weeks. We have seen two, the last two weeks what we have to go off of in recent memory is Oklahoma looking beatable and regular. So, like, yeah, Oklahoma beat Texas, but that was my question yesterday, Brad. How much is that Oklahoma win over Texas going to matter in you the said, grand scheme yeah. of things when they lost to Kansas this past week? And then, I, you know, I... I Texas leading over Bama, you should lean Texas over Bama. They went to Tuscaloosa yep. and won by 10. Ole Miss at 10, they have a chance ahead of them to make something Yeah. Happen. They can make something shake. They're, I mean, we'll see, what, we'll see what they're able to do. But Texas A&M this week, they'll start with that. They're going to win that game. Um, Mizzou at number 12. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, they'd be in the 12 if it were held this year. <sighs> no, they'd, they'd be left out. Slightly because what then you, you'd throw into lane because you do have the, oh the group of five group of five winner yep so the twelve seed goes yep you're out yep. it's eleven out. plus but the they're, one they're, you'd be the first one out you'd be the first one out if you're Mizzou. which for Mizzou I think you feel pretty no, damn good about no you take it but it's a, it's by the I way the I didn't realize that about, was the rule the on the fifteen po- on the, the twelve the That's, point there about the point there because it's going to be five and seven likely I or, guess yeah. you know it's, I mean they. So six it would be, and six you're looking at Air doing. Force and you're looking at Tulane. At Tulane. Six conference winners and then six 
uh, at large. At large. So Mizzou would be the one left out. God. But Mizzou being at number 12. No, it's Eli great. Drinkwitz, you got to give a shout out to him. He's turned that thing around. Oh, 100%. No doubt about it. Tennessee at number 17 for you no. Vol fans out there. Okay. Um, Utah at 18. USC, the fall from grace they've had already this year, all the way down at number 20. I think that's ranking them too high, to be Honestly, honest. Honestly, play some defense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just. I, I don't, don't think they're a top 20 team. No matter who they play in the Pac 12. No. I, I don't have, like, a tremendous amount of confidence no. they're going to come out with a win. No. Um, now, the one. I, I am curious. I, I, I don't know necessarily how I feel about this because I am an AAC guy. I played in the AAC. Tulane at 24, Air Force at 25, even Go though Air it. Force is undefeated. Um,. I guess if I'm making the case for the reason that the college football playoff committee did this is Tulane, I guess, has a stronger strength of schedule based on the Mountain West uh, conference schedule that Air Force plays. And their only loss is to the number 10 team in the country in Ole Miss at home. So I guess that one loss just doesn't hold enough weight to put Air Force up mm. over top of Tulane. But I am of the opinion, if you're in the group of five and you're undefeated, you probably should be the highest ranked. Who do you think's better, you Air Force be or Tulane? Ranked group group five team. You think it's Tulane? You think they got it right? Uh, I don't know. I have I I, I that's a hard one to really about, process, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're dealing with a different offense. Tulane, yep. I think, is a very strong team who deals with Navy consistently in that triple option. If you put them on a neutral site field, I'd probably lean Tulane, but I, I think that's kind of a toss-up. No, what I saw at Memphis, Tulane's a good team, and and seemingly they're going to keep going. But I think the thought process was going into last night, I talked to Jeff Calkins yesterday about it, like Air Force probably the leader of the group of five. It ended up being Tulane because mm-hmm. Air Force is undefeated. Tulane is not. And you figure in the group of five, when you're playing those schedules in conference, those group of five schedules, you're not going to lean one way or the other. But I think over the years, the college football playoff committee leans to the AAC pretty heavily when it comes to the, the in-conference schedule and the, and the strength of schedule. Air Force is going to lose to UNLV on November 18th. <laughs> is that right? Yep. UNLV is going to go into Air Force and win the game. <sighs> well, that would that would definitely strengthen the case for uh, it's too Tulane. Late. Um now the question does become like say SMU two losses or Memphis two losses meets Tulane in a championship and they only have one loss in the AAC wow. championship. If one of those teams wins and Air Force sort of holds serve, maybe has one loss, you'd probably lean Air Force at that point. But if Tulane gets through and only has one loss, it's very clear. If they if they ran the table, they'd be they'd be the New Year's Six uh, bowl participant for the Group of Five. You're not going to like my take on this. I realize as a former Memphis player, you you probably like the rule, right? Where you get one of these guys yeah. in there. If you're Missouri, you don't. Of course, you don't like it if you're Missouri. It sucks. Well, yeah, because you'd be the one team left. Because you're out. a better team. You're a better team, and you're not in. You are a better I mean, team, and you're not in. I. <laughs> that blows. But then I'd like to see Tulane and Mizzou on a neutral field to see how that. Would I would shake too. Out. That's the way they should do it. They get another TV game out of it. But I didn't. That that rule blows. I, no, I disagree. That rule I, blows, I like, Gabe Coon. The reason you exp- what, what was the reason we expanded? Right? Yes, you more did. TV money, more TV money. But part of that was to get people involved, to have people have an opportunity, even in the group of five. If we're doing this one FBS thing, which I don't think will last long term. Because we have haves and have nots. No, it's that's but going one away. of the biggest points 
was to get everybody involved, to have everyone with an opportunity to go win a national championship. I promise you this, and I'm not even joking. You may be the only person in Memphis that knew the rule about the 12th person going as the sub-power <laughs> team. I swear to God, you may be the only one. Yeah. I, like a lot of people don't know that that rule that's going to be the twelfth. Yes, but in, in honor, like, I, they still I'm have, not the only but, one that was surprised but, on the radio but, but, saying, but, uh, "Oh, really?" But they still have uh, they still have to work through that because there was some thought process with the Pac-12 completely dissipating that right. it could just be twelve at largest. Oh. I think though, makes cooler sense. heads are going to prevail, and they're probably going to go five and seven. They're probably going to go five, the top five conference champions, yep. and then seven at largest. That's sort of that, that makes sense. That seems like where they're, leaning but not. Right now. It doesn't have to. It can. So it doesn't have to be a P four. It gets to everybody it, out yeah, of the seven. Well, because if the Pac twelve is no longer, or it'd be four plus, no longer alive. But we still have to. We have a long be way four to go. and eight. We're gonna have to figure out what Washington State and Oregon State are gonna. I mean, do. that's. That'll and be it's part tie- of it. we have litigation going on. Yeah. I I don't know how this fully ends, but I think if if because it was Pac-12, supposed to start in twenty four, right? If was the it- Pac twelve is folding, yeah. it's going to probably be five and seven, from what I have I have surmised based on the reports I've read. Or four. I think if if everybody had their way, like if the SEC and the Big Ten had their way, it'd be twelve at largest because they could get the most yes. people in there. But part of the reason you expanded to twelve was yes, you get the TV money, get, more TV yeah, yeah. money, but it was access. There was some I, level of access for the little guy. I don't think so. I think it's so that the SEC can get more teams in. Well, there was some level of access for the little guy. There was a, there was an agreed upon sort of thought process behind expanding to twelve, and access for the little guy was included in that. Brad, yeah. That's, so I, I'm just telling you that's not why they're doing it. Well, it's more TV. You're going to have more. There you go. Games. No, that's, that's why I said that off yeah. top. But I'm saying, but part of it was access. I, I get access. that they're saying that. Here's what I'm telling you. They don't care about that. <laughs> I don't think the Big Ten and SEC care about that. They yes, don't. I'll say that right no. now. But this was something that was agreed upon by a lot of different commissioners. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and they everybody have presidents. Else, the college and, football right. playoff. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to stick by that until I they tell it. me that it's going to be 12 at larges, at which point I will not be surprised. Yeah. You, you, you get where I'm at. Now, I totally do. I get it. Yeah. Um, and I'm with you, by the way, on that. I just, you know. We have some Tiger basketball news today. Uh, there was a story tabbed in Yahoo Sports, um, and it was about Mikey Williams and his, and his rise and his fall from grace. Uh, it was written by uh, Jeff Eisenberg today. Um, I think it's worthy of discussion. Uh, I, I think my biggest takeaway is obviously that it's sad to see a guy sort of throw his life away in this, in this manner, um, but I think it's worthy of discussion on the other side, so we'll go ahead and do that on the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. NFM ESPN. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own that mom. Figure it out, this shit is simple. My stock been going up like a crescendo. It's Gabe Kuntz on 99 FM ESPN. Today, in Memphis basketball news, it has nothing to do with what's actually on campus. Has nothing to do really with Lemoyne Owen and the exhibition game that is about to be played tomorrow night. It has to do with a Yahoo Sports article called The Rise and Fall of Mikey Williams. And it is penned by Jeff Eisenberg, a writer over at Yahoo Sports. And it really follows him basically through the beginning of his social media sensation days to where he's at right this second. Um, Starts with Puma and the 18,000-square-foot flagship store they have in New York City where he made the declaration, I'm trying to be worth a billion dollars by the time I'm 25, and that's what he told the I Am Athlete podcast just about a year ago. Um, It also basically goes into detail about where he really started, and it's about his startup uh, AAU team taking on Bronny James' AAU team and beating them, and Mikey Williams scoring 30 and outplaying Bronny and doing all these good things that led him to have 5 million social media followers. Um, And we know what that led to, a lot of money in his pocket, uh, NIL sensation, and a $1.2 million uh, mansion basically bought by him in the city of San Diego where he's from. Now, when you follow after that with the arrest on April 13th with that late-night incident um, that happened two weeks earlier where now he has nine felony counts, you do kind of get sad, right, Brad? Like, that that's the one thing this story did for me Um I'm sad for the people that were victimized, uh, allegedly, by Mikey Williams. I'm also sad that Mikey Williams, with all that was going for him, decided to make a decision like this because he had unwanted visitors at his house. Yeah. I, I, I just it's, it's a frustrating revelation. It's a frustrating thought process to think a guy like this in the position he's at at 19 years old would throw his life away by doing something so stupid and heinous. This is a this is an interesting one still because he's a student at the University of Memphis. And I'll get to that in a second. I'll probably rehash. That's what makes it bizarre because he's a he's a university student, um, want to be athlete because he's not on the roster currently because he's got to get through the legal issues on the gun charges before he can be on the roster, and we've heard from Penny on this. Um, Um, But Mark talked a little bit about it before your show, and there's a lot of directions you can go into. You'll probably go into a few of them here in a second. My general thought is it's a lot of the stuff that I preach about as an old man now because I'm getting up there and I've got a teenager. Um, It's that... That's why the story is interesting because it starts yes. with the marketing, the NIL, yes. the promise, and all of the smoke, and then you end up with the situation where he's shooting at a car that's pulling away from the mansion. Now, 
Allegedly. First, um, it does not look good legally for Mikey Williams. I think we can sort of understand that. He had three more counts added last week, felony counts added last week to his charge, which upped his maximum prison sentence to 30 years. Now, Ara Shashimi is a guy who was uh, you know, interviewed in the process of, of writing this story on Yahoo Sports, and he's a Los Angeles criminal defense attorney who's basically, I mean, he's followed the media coverage of this case and the pretrial hearings. Um, and he says that the, the, the testimony from witnesses and other circumstantial evidence against Williams is very strong. And he says so strong that there's a real chance that he does significant time. That's right. the word that he used. He said, I know the justice system says innocent until proven guilty, but if you're charged with nine counts, it's an uphill battle no matter what. Unless some new evidence comes out that we don't know about, I think his defense attorneys have their work cut out for them. I don't think it looks good for him. Mm. So, I mean, the truth of the matter is justice is going to have to prevail one way or another, and if he is guilty of you know one, if not all, of these felony counts, there is real prison time on the, on the horizon for Mikey Williams. Um, now, this brings me back to his relationship with the University of Memphis, and I, I'm sorry to do this, but this is the truth of it. I said it last week when three more were added. I've said it through the process, even when this happened April 13th when he got arrested. I get Penny's plight. I get where Penny's at right now. This is a guy who he created a great relationship with. Throughout his entire recruiting process, um, this was a guy who was a big fish, Mikey Williams. He's a guy that you would want basketball-wise to be on campus. And he created a relationship with him um, and, and you know wants to stand by him in this moment. If he feels the reasonable need to stand by him in this moment and help him through these things, that is, that is a Penny thing. And I honestly, quite frankly, respect the decision by Penny. If you want to get into these waters, if you want to create a relationship with a young man who you think can help you on the basketball court, I think if you feel the need to help him in a time of need, go ahead. Go right ahead. When it comes to the University of Memphis, I just don't understand why you feel the need to stand by him consistently, to scholarship, have him in classes, do all these different things while he's dealing with nine counts. I think Mikey Williams, on his, in his own case, needs to realize that if he's ever going to play basketball again, he needs to worry about what's ahead of him right now in the legal system. But I think the University of Memphis, when you look around the country – at all of the D1 schools, I don't think there's many. Even if it's not that he, you know, he hasn't been convicted yet. He has, he's not been proven guilty yet beyond a, beyond a, you know, a right. reasonable yep. doubt. He hasn't gone through the court pro- but process. But how many schools, this is just a question That's I'm a asking. Gr- I know where you're going. How many schools in Division One college basketball, really in college basketball as a whole, would stand by a kid who has nine felony counts with an arm, with a weapon, with a, 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 you know, a, a gun. Like, how many schools would do that? How many schools would stand by this kid? I don't one. think there's many. I think there's it's one. just the University of Memphis there's right one. now. And when you ask yourself and you come to that conclusion, you ask yourself why the University of Memphis continues to stand by the kid. I don't think the University of Memphis should feel the need to stand by him the way Penny does. And I think that's okay. I think those two things can be completely separate. And I'm just still confused by the relationship the University of Memphis is keeping with Mikey Williams as a whole. The only thing I can think of to answer the question that you present is they don't want to piss off Penny. 
That's no, it. No, no, I think I think that's the truth of it. But at some point, there needs to be, as an athletic department, some self-reflection, some self-respect that you show yourself. And I, I don't know if, if, if they've gone through those conversations with themselves because when you look at the University of Memphis, we're in a big city that does have issues with crime, with guns, with issues like that. When you look at just the basketball program as a whole, there is not like some squeaky clean reputation by any stretch of the imagination, maybe not on the crime side, but when we're looking at, you know, um, the IARP investigation, when we're looking at, you know, uh, vacated wins under John Calipari, when we're looking at, at Penny being suspended for three games, you just open yourself up as an athletic department, as an institution to way more negative news, negative story, negative press, you open yourself up for that, and I think they're doing it unnecessarily at this point. I find this whole thing for the University of Memphis saying, oh, we're just going to let this let this play out. First of all, it could play out over months and months and months, years, whatever it is, depending on how good his, his lawyer is. It could stretch out a long time. Um, but I don't think that they, that they need to stand by and allow this to perpetuate. I think it perpetuates a nasty narrative about the city of Memphis and the University of Memphis that I wouldn't want to perpetuate. I would want to get away from that. And that's the frustrating part for me, being an alum, seeing how this whole thing has played out. I get that Penny may want to stand by him. The University of Memphis and the the sort of reputation they have to try to uphold or maybe even run away from, I think that leads you to cut ties with Mikey Williams altogether, and they have not done that. I think as Penny Hardaway as your coach, they're never going to be able to do that. Yeah. I, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there, there is the truth of it. I think Penny gets sort of what he wants behind the scenes there. I don't think anybody has to uh, deny that by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I wish cooler heads prevailed, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath on it. Now, as far as the University of Memphis basketball program is concerned, they do play Lemoyne Owen tomorrow. So we get to see another exhibition game. There's a dub. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Doesn't count towards your record. Right. But 106 We get the magicians. 106-49 against uh, Lane. Hey. I, I wonder if you're going to have the same thing going on. I would want to see if uh, Javon Quinterly gets involved tomorrow. I don't know if the injury, you know, you know, probably if you're going to hold him out, this would be a game to hold him out for. Mm-hmm. Um, you do want to get him some uh, some run against another team at some point. But if that team is Lemoyne Owen and you don't feel like you're getting that good of a look, I don't see a need to rush him back from injury to throw him in the action to make that happen. Um, but this team, I, I'm telling you, like, if they can leave the Mikey Williams distraction, everything behind them, which it feels like they will because it's not on the forefront of what they do day-to-day in their facility, Sure, I think that this team, the sky is the limit. I think they're in a really good spot. I really like the team. Like, I think I like the team more than last year's team. I don't know what your, what your comparison would be. between. Um, I think I like it more than last year's team. The, 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 the main difference that you look at with this team compared to last year's team. You had two guys at the top, Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams, who you could argue would be the best players on this team. Sure. Um, but I think when you go 1-10 to 10 on this team, it's substantially better than 1-10 to 10 from last year's team. It's balanced. It's, yeah. a, it's a more balanced attack. Mm-hmm. I think that any given night, you're going to be able to find guys who can give you 15 to 20 points. Yeah, absolutely. Jaquan Walton, Javon right. Quinterly, Jordan Brown, uh, David Jones was sure. phenomenal the other night against Lane. 
the like, shooting you can just might be better. Going. The you shooting can... might be better too, Gabe. Yeah, but no question about it. They were what nine for eighteen in that game against yeah. Lane, and I know it's against Lane. And Ashton Hardaway could be a guy that mm-hmm. that sort of emerges as a good shooter for this team. But I just think when you talk about depth and experience. It it does trump last year's team. Oh yeah, by a, by a, doubt. by a relatively fair amount. I know it, that's hard well, to hear, but and I think it might be good for fans, you know, because like the last few years, I've been thinking about it. You know, you had Precious Achua over the years, and Quinones and Jalen Duran. Last year, you had you know two two star players with the, the DeAndre, and you may even get DeAndre back, which would be incredible. Yeah, yeah I was going to get to um, that. Yeah, I mean, if you get a DeAndre back, I, I think you're talking well, Final but, Fourteen. But at the same time, like I, I think if you have DeAndre, you should reach the heights that your ceiling. Yeah. If you don't have him, you could still reach those heights. I don't know if like the ceiling changes all that much for me. I just think it's really? more attainable with DeAndre. Yeah, um, I mean, because in the course of a season, stuff happens. But I'm I like I don't know how you go into the season. I, I how much are they still planning to have DeAndre part of the fold? Like they probably how much have they moved on from that? Well, a lot because of the, I think it, it's it interesting. Changes, the NCAA, the NCAA yeah. hasn't had an hasn't no. made an answer. They haven't expedited a thing. No. Just as we sort of predicted, like I, when as Mark the, said, he's not with the team. So if he's not a, with the team, that then indicates I it's think, not. I think there's some enrollment. Like he may be enrolled. Yeah, but like, like I don't like know. Courses I, online or something. It, it feels like that for me until oh. I hear that he is eligible and he's going to play. I'm gonna I'm gonna Move consider on. it as a the ship has sailed. Move you. on with what you have. Right? No, I think that's fair. I think I was like that until it's it's funny I, because this week you hear as soon as these preseason exhibition starts, you're like, we're hearing people are really positive over there at the University of Memphis, according to you know people we talk to, and I'm like, man, I thought this was done. I find it really strange though that the NCAA is sort of pitter pattering with this thing when right. they, when the truth of the matter is, I feel as if the University of Memphis, his lawyer. Like they have all, they've put all of the the eggs there. They've given them everything they need. It's just the NCAA making a decision, and they knew that there was a time period that they had to get a decision done with, and they still haven't done that. Like, what else would the University of Memphis have to do to expedite this process? I don't think there is a way that they could expedite. Well, and process. and the relationship between the NCAA and Memphis is so bad, it feels like that yeah. that they could just wait the whole season and be like, yeah, it's just we're not going to be able to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how far through, you know. I like, just I I. I what else would the University of Memphis had to do? Are there deadlines? I f- felt like they met all the deadlines and and putting in evidence, text messages, That's emails, strange. and still the NCAA is just sitting on their hands. But it's not overly surprising. It's just no. It's strange. It's strange no, it to is. me though. It is. Still, because you know that there's a timetable out there for this, and seemingly you have everything at your disposal to make a decision. Make a decision. I know it's still up to the NCAA to approve it, and I don't have like high hopes that they're going to approve. Uh, DeAndre Williams getting another year. But if you have everything and you've had everything for, what, a month, month and a yeah, half at this yeah. point, and they've given you extra on top of that, make a decision, man. Like, what's what's holding you up from making a decision? Where were you at when you heard that this was a possibility? Because I thought it was Where bananas. Where was I at? No, like, no, not yeah. at physically, um, like mentally. Like, I thought it was bananas when I heard it. I'm I thought like, you were asking. Six uh, years of eligibility a, for the Evansville? I, because of what I thought happened? you were asking me, was it a where was I at? No, moment. I was at, it like, was not like that. when the Zapruder um, film, when I, you heard about Kennedy. I'm talking about, like, what did what, what, you think of this? I mean, sometimes I think when I first heard about it and – the positivity around it. Sometimes you can get in an echo chamber. Yeah, you can get in an echo chamber in a city talking about a program and a player. Um, I think I was relatively positive at first, but as the 
time has gone along. Mm-hmm. They added more evidence, and the thought process behind that was maybe he got denied, and they added more evidence to the pot to see if they could get him approved on the back end. I have been a, I've been relatively negative for about okay. a month or two at this point. I, I didn't. I just thought it. I've never heard of it having a sixth year of eligibility. It's just no matter what the circumstances. COVID are. and all these different things. I, I doing doing eligibility math. Will well, wreck the your other brain, thing though. is y- y- you Brad, and I don't, don't do it to yourself. Eligibility math right now is still hard. It's bananas. Well, and we've talked about you getting recruited to Memphis, and you know how it's kind of. You know, the high school thing's a little out of your hands at that point, and that's what they're arguing, right? That it was the advising. It was the advising, yes. It was the advising in the high school level. Yes. You know, when he's a senior. I mean, a lot of kids get bad advice. A lot of kids get bad advice. but Some of them are from people that live with them. Yes. But if you can prove that you got bad enough advice that made you lose a year, uh, there's been o- there's been other instances that have been worked on where they've gotten that year back. So that's why I was positive at first, but the more this drags on, it's just the timetable's yeah. not lining up. It's not working. Um, <laughs> We're ready to play ball. I think man. some people who follow it closely will say the door is ajar. The door's slightly opened. I don't know if I'm there right now. Okay. I, it just at, at this point, if it's hanging over your head, I think you should shut the door and deal with what you have in the in the in the moment. If he if he comes back, if they open that door back up and he can yeah. join the team in the next couple of weeks before the season gets going, whatever it is, sure. You can you can deal with it when it when it comes and falls right on your plate. But right now it just feels like we are too close to the season. Jackson State's right around the corner. Deal with what you have on your team. Yeah. But yeah. There hasn't been a lot of discussion about DeAndre lately for, <laughs> no. for I think relatively good reason because I don't know if anybody's all You that do hear positive. things every week though. There's something trickles out like, yeah, I'm hearing that, that uh, the lawyer got some more paperwork filed. <laughs> for sure. Now, we're approaching the weekend little by little and there's only one place in town that gives you option after option when it comes to spirits. And that's Old Dominic Distillery. Gin, vodka, whiskey. I'll talk about the bourbon in a second, but it's toddy season, guys. It's toddy season. We got that cold weather coming out. Get that famous toddy. It's the most, it's original. It is their OG. It is It is the oldest product that they sell as far as their spirits are concerned. Get that toddy. It is repackaged as well. That new packaging looks fantastic. But that bourbon, let me get into that. Their newly released bourbon line is ready and available. There's four separate bottles. Uh, they have bottled and bond. They have the regular bottle, but they have two cast strength. One's age four years, one age five years. Get your hands on the bottle and, as, as soon as possible because they can run out. Be They're selling rare, really, really fast around the area. But they always take care of you at Old Dominic. So make sure you get down to 305 South Front Street to that distillery. It's state of the art. You're going to love what you see when you get there. And you could just have a cocktail at the bar. They'll make you a craft cocktail with that wonderful Old Dominic, whatever spirit you like. Or you can just go for a tour and tasting, and you can book that at olddominic.com. But Old Dominic Distillery. Come say hi. Now, Jeff Calkins is scheduled to join the show. Um, that's going to be next, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.